2: We ended up taking this trail all the way around the
3: tip of the peninsula. Yeah. It was gorgeous. It was gorgeous, except for the last part. Yeah, <laughs> it got, it got, okay. Actually, it went from gorgeous to gorgeous. It went <laughs> down a gorge.
2: Welcome to Jump Podcast. I'm your host, Traveling Jackie, and I'm here to explore travel, adventure, and lifestyle in ways meant to motivate you to move and get out and see the world. Let this show be a source of travel advice and inspiration, but remember that in the end, it's you who takes the leap. Hello. Hi, everybody. It's Jackie. I'm back. Uh, If you listened to the last episode, you know that we had our first ever guest host for the podcast. Sherry Ott stepped up to make that happen for us while I was busy riding bikes and island hopping in Croatia with some of you guys. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, it's uh, because I lead group trips for you guys. And we just had our first two group trips in two years because of COVID. And let me tell you, that was so much fun. We just had the best time. We got incredible weather. We rode our little tushies off. We ate super well. Lots of seafood. We soaked up the sun. We jumped into the sea. It was just full of amazingness. And I do want to tell you more about that, um, but I'm not ready quite yet. So we're going to turn our focus to a different part of my recent travels. So let me tell you, I just, just got home from six weeks in Europe. Oh oh man, I don't even know if I can tell you guys just how good it was for me, for my soul to just get out and go back to Europe and just have a change of scenery and just be gone for so long. Six weeks is is quite a good amount of time after, well, just so long of, of not being gone. <laughs> and the best part about it is that I'm really happy to be back home as well. And that Is balance. That is the the balance that I seek in my life. And just the freedom of being able to have that balance of home base and travel, that is what I was missing so much these last 18 plus months. So yes, it was much needed. It was six weeks. The first three weeks of it I spent in Croatia. And I know it's vacation for you guys, but my vacation sort of started after that. And It took me a bit to relax into it, really, but then I was able to truly reset. And then, right when I was ready, I came home again. So it's just, I'm very happy to be here. I'm very happy to be back, and I'm happy to be sharing this episode with you guys. I have a story, a couple of stories for you. Um, Also, today, I'm bringing on another familiar voice that you guys know. My friend Carly is back with me again To chat about a five night, six day trip that we did to the Amalfi Coast in Italy. If you don't know what that is, you will shortly. We're going to talk about logistics, about getting to, from, and around there, what there is to do, seasons, food, hotels, crazy roads, um, and hiking, because that's what we did for three days down there. So that's all to come. But first, I thought you guys might be interested in a little logistics chat first. And I just mean some of the travel logistics in the time of COVID, um, what it was like as a whole to travel to Europe right now, et cetera. Plus what happened when my flight out of Madrid um, back to the U.S. was delayed and I was going to miss my connection in Newark. (laughs) I'm going to tell you about that and um, how I dealt with it. So first, a little Jackie travel logistics corner before we start with Carly and the Amalfi Coast. Um, And actually, even before I start with That I wanted to say, I'm very, very, very excited because my new travelingjackie.com website is finally launched. It's a a very long time coming redesign. Um, And there's a blog post on there that further explains the separation of jump adventures and traveling jackie. So if you are interested in that or you want to check out my website, I do invite you guys to check it out. It's beautiful, it's at travelingjackie.com. And uh, the the new jumpadventures.com is also incredibly gorgeous. And our trucker hats are in super exciting stuff. So check that out too while you're at it. We have some big projects and fun things, including more group trips coming for 2022, including at least hopefully one new itinerary, uh, if not more. So it's all progressing and moving forward around here. And we're super happy that you are along for the ride. Okay. So some logistics. I'm not going to get into super specifics for COVID because we know things can change anytime and they will. But I just wanted to encourage you guys that I had a really seamless experience in Europe and getting to travel again was entirely worth the extra hoops that I had to jump through to get there. For example, many countries in Europe require a form to be filled out by each person before entering. And these are all digital. They don't take too long to fill out. And quite fortunately, I only had to take one single COVID test for my entire trip to Europe. And that was the one that I needed to return to the U.S. because none of the countries I was entering required a test from any of the countries I was exiting. And what that means is because of the order in which I traveled through my selected countries in Europe, so starting from the U.S. to Croatia, Croatia to Germany, Germany to Italy, Italy to Spain, Spain to Portugal, and then back to Spain. And then finally to the U.S., there was only one um, required test for me as I'm fully vaccinated. It would be different if I wasn't. Uh, But you can find those entry forms really easily by doing an online search for the entry form and the country. Or sometimes your airline will even send this to you in like a heads-up email before you fly. So they're very easy to find. Um, You just need to fill them out. So forms, check, check. Um, make sure you have your vaccine card with you. In fact, I had to show it multiple times in Italy to board trains, to enter restaurants. Even that thing was like gold. So do not lose it. (laughs) Um, yes, we had to wear masks a lot, but we're kind of used to those by now. So really it wasn't all that hard or scary or anything. We just did it and it felt really good. Uh, so I just want to encourage you guys not to be scared. The next thing that I said I would share is this little story that I have for you about what I did when my flight from Madrid back to the U.S. was delayed. It was delayed an hour and a half, and unfortunately, and I I found this out immediately. Like when I woke up, I have the Tripit app, and Tripit always uh, sends me texts about whether my flights are on time, et cetera. And so I woke up to a, 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 a text that said, "Your flight's delayed," and it was delayed an hour and a half. They already knew that. And unfortunately, I only had an hour and a half layover in Newark upon re-entry to the US, which of course is where I would have to clear customs and security again. And there was just no way I was going to make it to my connection with such a delay. I mean, we were supposed to be landing at the exact minute my other flight was taking off. So I called United from Spain and got on a later flight to Denver. I wouldn't make it home to Montana that night, unfortunately, which was the original plan. But at least I could be in Colorado and not have to spend the night in Newark. So I embraced the idea of waiting another night to get home and just went to the airport an hour and a half later than planned. And I was relaxed about it. But this is where it gets interesting. (laughs) Somehow the pilot estimated before we even took off that we would only lose 45 minutes, even though we took off an hour and a half later we would arrive just 45 minutes late instead of 90, which would mean I could potentially make my connection if miracles were real. (laughs) So I made a plan. One, I would hurry off the plane and clear customs with my global entry as quickly as possible. And then, and this is the kicker, I would call United. As soon as I was allowed to use my phone again, I would call United and get them to rebook me on my original flight. Why is this important? Because I still had to clear security, switch terminals and run all the way across the freaking airport to my gate. Uh, And I knew that the gate agent, the booking systems would be automatically closed just due to timing. I knew I was racing against the clock to get my name on the manifest. That's why I called. So the woman on the other end was super nice. Not only did she get me booked on the flight as I was riding the train across the airport, she wanted me to keep her on the line so she could make sure I made it onto the plane. I I will add here, I do have silver status on Star Alliance. And so I'm sure that helped. I don't know if if that would be normal. but um, So if you have that, even better. But I would say it's still worth a phone call. Anyway, she literally told me to put her in my pocket and keep running. And so I did. So I had to clear security again. So I put her in my purse <laughs> and bit my tongue at TSA PreCheck that was just taking for freaking ever. And then, um, and then I ran with her still on the phone in my purse. um, Because of course I had to run all the way to the end of the terminal. It was like more than half a mile. I'm not sure how far I actually ran, but I ran enough to be totally sweaty by the time I made it to my gate, but I did make it. So when I got there, the gate agent was not so kind. She kind of snapped at me. I was, I was a little flustered, but she she said, if my name isn't in the system, there's nothing they can do to help me. But I had been a step ahead because I had called and my name was indeed in the system. And that's basically when I pulled my phone back out and asked the woman if she was still there so she could be part of this. And she was, which was pretty rad. So take that rude lady at Newark. Um, and I was allowed to board the plane just 12 minutes before takeoff. <laughs> which is absolutely wild. They did make me gate check my bag through to my final destination there. But because I had carried it on with me to that point, at least I knew for certain it was on the plane. So if if I hadn't done that, it wouldn't have made it. Then I had a 30-minute layover in Denver and that felt super long after that experience. And I think adrenaline is what kept me from entering zombie mode. You know, when you guys travel, time travel across the world and you eventually become a zombie. It did not happen to me, and somehow I made it home that same night, probably in world record time for getting from Madrid to Bozeman, Montana. I mean, whoa, that was two nights ago. So there are three key things that I did here. That had I not done all three of these things, any part of this plan would have fallen apart. Um, one global entry, worth it, guys. Skip, skip paying for TSA go straight to global. It's like $15 more and it includes TSA precheck anyway. It is totally worth it. Two, TSA precheck. If I had to wait in the regular line, see you tomorrow, like literally. Um, three, I called United instead of waiting for the gate agent to help me. If you take nothing else away from this story, take that. Just don't hesitate to call them, especially while you're running through an airport because you won't have time to do anything else. So, and that is what actually made this whole thing work for me. And I'll add a fourth one here is that I carried on my bag. I had carried on for this entire six-week trip. And that ensured that it was with me the entire time because there's no way it would have made... I mean, it was like an impossible connection. There's no way it would have made it um, the same day. So you might be thinking, why didn't I just not call in the first place and not fix my flights? And my reason there is simply just timing. We were supposed to land at the exact minute that my next flight was to take off. So I was taking preventive measures there instead of waiting to cattle up with the rest of missed connections and long lines at Newark. So very sweaty, but very relieved. I did make it to the middle seat that I was actually really glad to have and uh, I got to give a shout out to the woman from Switzerland and Ryan from Colorado who graciously forgave my flusteredness as I sat down. It is so nice to have nice seatmates. It's so nice to deal with nice people. Um, okay. I hope you enjoyed that story time or at least learned something from it. We can move on now. Let's go ahead and bring Carly on and time travel back a couple weeks to a rooftop in Rome, where we drink wine and chat about our experience on the Amalfi Coast. Here we go. This episode is sponsored by Turtle Fur. Driven by adventure, community, comfort, and quality, the team at Turtle Fur has been making comfortable headwear and accessories since 1982. They have a product that works for anyone who needs it, with lightweight tubes for summer sun protection to heavyweight fleece and wool knits for the coldest winter adventures. And we're going to hear from Colin and Sean today to tell us more about one of their initiatives called Project Warmth.
1: Project Warmth is a program we've been doing for a little over eight years now that we've been able to give over 100,000 cold weather hats and accessories to organizations in 38 states and across a couple of Canadian provinces as well. We partner with schools and homeless shelters and churches and community organizations to get product to those that may be struggling in the colder months and really help them get through the day a little bit easier.
2: So Sean, tell us exactly how it works. The way Project Warmth works is anyone who
3: buys our product or happens to have our product from years past can tag us on social media at TurtleFur with the hashtag Project Warmth and
2: we'll see the post. And for every post and tag that we see, we'll donate a cold weather hat or a cold weather accessory to someone in need. You can learn more about Turtlefur's giving initiatives and get yourself some cozy headwear at turtlefur.com and they've graciously offered Jump listeners an exclusive discount. Use code JUMP20 at checkout to receive 20% off your order of $25 or more at turtlefur.com. This episode is also sponsored by Marriott Bonvoy Travelers Podcast about the journey. If you're looking for more travel inspiration or just itching to go on an adventure without ever leaving your home, you have to check out About the Journey. Each episode of About the Journey is an audio road trip along routes like Miami to Key West, Oahu's North Shore, or Southern California, or Wyoming's National Parks. The show is hosted by travel journalist, Onika Raymond, whom you might know from the Travel Channel or her wanderlust-inducing Instagram. What I like about the show is that the episodes are short and sweet, offering a dose of inspiration that can fit into any schedule. And I think the title is so fitting because they do an incredible job at really capturing what happens on a trip, not just offering practical tips, which they do. But once you arrive somewhere, you meet local people and hear their stories and what makes them and their destinations unique. And that brings these places to life. It's educational and it takes you behind the scenes of the trip, which I think is a really great representation of an actual travel experience. It truly is about the journey. So if you're planning a road trip, definitely listen to any episodes that might be on your route because you will learn about hidden gems, local customs, and people and activities that you might not otherwise. And if you aren't planning a road trip right now, you can still find inspiration in the ways Onika interacts with people along the way, which might open you up to a similar, deeper experience on your future travels. So check it out. You can binge about the journey on your favorite podcast app or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello from a rooftop in Rome. (laughs) Uh, I am back. This is Jackie, of course. Um, Sherry did a fabulous job with the last episode. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed that. And I am back with another familiar voice, Sitting across the table from, yet again, my friend Carly, who is my, what, travel buddy of the mostest lately.
3: So, welcome
2: back, Carly. <laughs> Thank to the you. show. Here, happy to be a, here. Salute. Yeah, salute. We are mm. drinking, wed, wed wed, wed <laughs> <laughs> drinking red wine. Red wine. Drinking red wine. I swear, this is my first sip. Drinking red wine on a rooftop in Trastevere. Trastevere. In Rome, which means, um, well, we're outside on a terraced, uh, it's nighttime, on a terraced apartment, and uh, if we're lucky, we're going to hear some, I don't know, church bells and ambulances and dogs and kind of the ambiance of the neighborhood while we're we're up here. But um, the point of this conversation today is actually to explore a place we just came from, which is the Amalfi Coast, um, and I think the way that we want to do this, we just spent five nights there, so six days, five nights, and the Amalfi Coast is, uh, I think, maybe one of those almost intimidating destinations because there's so much going on there, and people don't exactly understand what it is or where it is. Um, I think most of you will know it from under the Tuscan sun, (laughs) because that's where she goes to meet her beau. Marcello lives there in In Positano. Positano. Yeah. So um, you might recall it from that, but it's a very cliffy uh, peninsula just south of Naples that has a ton of beautiful colored villages and there's a lot to do there. So anyway, I want to start by so I had been there before a few times and you had never been there, right, Car? No, i never been. So because I'm going to assume a lot of people listening haven't been there either, did you know anything about it going in?
3: I, apparently I would say no. <laughs> From what Why? I thought yeah, I knew. Exactly. From what I thought I knew. Because I have been to like the Cinque Terre area. uh uh-huh. area. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was sort of expecting something like that, right? Like there's the little towns that are tucked in the little... Things like that, but uh, this is very mountainous. I, mean, yeah. I don't think. I mean, that area is obviously cliffy, but yeah. this is more mountains. Right. Um, and it just seems more. Ooh, I don't know a good word. Wild. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the other part, and I think it's
2: a good it's a good comparison because I think the 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 villages on the cliffs and the colorful like buildings that's people come to mind. Yeah. That's what Cinque Terre is. Yes. But I, call, I usually say that the Amalfi Coast is like Cinque Terre on steroids. Sure. Because it is, like, a hundred yes. times. It's, I mean, Cinque Terre is tiny yes. compared to this. Mm-hmm. Um, So, Cinque Terre, what we're talking about is actually on the Italian Riviera on the north. So, it's closer to, um, like, north. France is to yeah. the west of it and Torino is to the north of it. It's, like, the, the more in the north. And— yeah, the Amalfi Coast is just a little finger, um, a little peninsula that is actually the Bay of Naples eventually goes into turns into the Amalfi Coast. So when you're on the Amalfi Coast on the north side, you're looking back at Napoli with Mount Vesuvius behind it, which is pretty rad. It was pretty rad. <laughs> um, and then if you're on the south side of the peninsula, you're just looking south into ocean. Um, and then if you're on the very, very... Tip the very point, the very western tip of the peninsula. You're looking directly at the island of Capri, which most people call Capri, <laughs> um, and that's we hiked there. Yeah, we hiked. So this is what we're going to talk about. Yeah, we hiked a lot, and um, this is cool because we both of us just got off of the boat in Croatia. Yeah, two weeks of hiking. Um, yeah, which we'll probably talk about that at a different point um, on the podcast, but. Um, yeah, we were two weeks biking in Croatia, took a couple of days rest in Munich. <laughs> and
3: As you then, do.
2: yeah, <laughs> right. And then, um, yeah, headed straight for the Amalfi Coast. So, um, there's some logistical things that I want to share. If any of you guys are planning on maybe going there someday, which after this episode, you probably will be, uh, it's gorgeous. It's an absolute must, I think, um, in Italy. I love the Amalfi Coast. And, yeah. Um, It is Okay, so let's start with the basics. It's like a two—Napoli is like—well, depending on which train you get, it's only a couple of hours train Mm -hmm. ride from Rome. Mm -hmm. Um, So we flew into Rome, uh, and we got to the train station in Rome and just booked a train right there on the spot to to Napoli. And the reason we did this is because we were going to Sorrento. So Sorrento is on the northern side of the Amalfi Coast— um, exactly opposite Napoli on the in the bay the Gulf of Naples, and in order to get to Sorrento, you take a local train from Napoli, like a regional train is what it's. They t- they make a ton of stops, and um, but that train was like four euros.
3: It was super cheap. Yeah, and it was over an hour, and it oh. was long. It was yeah, long. it was
2: like an hour fifteen from Napoli. Even though as the crow flies, it's probably right so because short. of all the
3: stops. Yeah, yeah. it felt more um, like I think I thought that train felt like a subway.
2: Yeah, it was more like that. And it also, that train goes right by Herculaneum and Pompeii, the ruins. So you can, if you are doing this with light luggage uh, or you can, you know, leave your luggage somewhere, you could consider jumping off the train in Pompeii. And, I mean, it's right there. So, you could do Pompeii
3: or and jump on Or you could add a day in Sorrento on the front end, which, honestly, I would suggest anyway, because I thought Sorrento was adorable. Mm-hmm. And leave your luggage and then go back, because it's not that far.
2: Yeah, it's
3: Sorrento not that far. Pompeii. Right. I think a
2: lot of people do that, actually. Uh, the train from Rome to Napoli, depending on which one you get, it's going to be anywhere from, like, 30 to, like, 60, 60. euros, probably. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I think we probably bought the sixty euro ones mm-hmm. on the we spot for the fast train, the fast the fast train, train yeah. yeah, but it was easy, super easy. Um, and Sorrento, okay, let's talk about Sorrento because I told you I have been through Sorrento a couple of times and never thought much of it. Um, but there's a reason that I discovered on this trip is because when you're driving through, you don't get to see the main like walking streets, mm-hmm. and it was so. Cute. It was so cute. Really cute. It was already decorated for Christmas. Which is and it
3: was before Halloween. It was before Halloween. <laughs> so we were there like
2: October 28th. Yeah. Um, and some places had Halloween stuff going on, and yet Christmas the streets, decoration. like the main pedestrian streets, were already draped in <laughs> Christmas. And Garland. it was, but it made it so cute. It was, it, it was really was cute. super festive. Yeah. And it just it felt so good. I mean, as soon as we got out off the train there, we I was like, ah! Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> Um, so I have a very different feeling towards Sorrento now like I think it's it's a good stop. I would want to go spend more time there. I mm-hmm. really liked it. Mm-hmm. yeah we only got one night there um, but it you can also take a ferry there from Napoli oh. You can take a boat uh, across the water and from Sorrento as well you can take boats you can take boats all the way on the Amalfi coast mm-hmm. if you want to. you do not need to have a rental car in fact, I wouldn't really recommend it. I have done it two of the times we had rental cars. You don't need a rental car for this. It's probably easier not to anyway because the streets are crazy. The parking is
3: crazy. Oh my lord! I don't know that if I would. I don't know if I would rent a car if someone paid me to drive it, like, or if (laughs) I would take a car. You know, Mm
2: -hmm. no. Mm -hmm. The roads are very narrow, Um, and but you can take. Boats. Well, here's one important thing about the boats: is they are weather dependent. So, on a windy day when the seas are high or rough, you trips will get canceled altogether, and so then you'll be stuck with having to take a bus or find the train. And that the train only goes to Sorrento. You can't take trains anywhere else on the Amalfi Coast. Actually, you can't. So they I don't. don't they yeah, they don't go. So on the south side of the coast, because this is a, I don't know if we made this clear, but it's like an east-west directional peninsula. And so on the south side, the trains only go as far as Salerno, which is pretty much, it's like way in, it's mainland, like inland. I mean, it's all mainland. It's yeah. not, it's not an island, but it's closer yeah. into the main. It's like right at the edge, the edge of, of, the, of the peninsula. peninsula yeah. Right. And that's as far as you can take a train. From there, you could also take a boat to Amalfi or to Positano or to Capri or like wherever you need to, even to Sorrento. I think the boats go all the way around. Um, Or you can take buses and the buses, I think one of the things I would say is if you want to do the Amalfi Coast, you need to just have patience with your transportation and leave lots of time because nothing happens quickly there. Because sometimes you're in a bus or a car and you just have to, you have to sit and wait for cars to pass because the lane is so small. It's like one car at a time. (laughs) Buses
3: passing buses and you're like,
2: what, how, what? buses backing up to spaces where they can get to like pass each other
3: it's it's wild um also if you're easily car sick bring your relief band yes. yeah 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 it's definitely not, it's not for the faint of heart you're on a cliff winding over yeah crashing waves mm-hmm. it, i mean it's cool yeah but yeah so it's pretty pretty
2: easy to get around with public transportation i'd say and i i wouldn't recommend taking a car like I said, I've done it. I think I've been on the Amalfi Coast four times, twice with a car, and it, I think it's just less stressful. It's less stressful not to have a car because it's it's oh, it's a, it's an ordeal to park it, and you know, often you can't park it where you're
3: staying, and so you can um, get a flat tire. Oh my gosh, that's right. Yeah, um, we tell that story. Uh, my my friend who lives in Naples right now came to visit us in, for dinner in one of the little towns we were in ne, ne, Neron, ne, ano. Nerano Nerano See, <laughs> Rhymes with Verano <laughs> I remember that and, and she got a flat tire on the way to us yeah um, which was and luckily she found a very nice Italian man who brought a mechanic who helped her change the tire but uh, yeah the roads are not city driving so just yeah. be prepared right. for that if you are renting a car yeah I would say
2: yeah Um, so what we did, this was pretty cool. We worked with a company called Escape Travel, which I will put the link in the show notes to these guys. Um, they help. they set up this whole itinerary for it. Basically we, we chose one that they already had on their website and then we modified it because they included a visit to Capri and we weren't going to do that. And theirs were eight days and we had only... Six or something. So we we modified it a little bit. But what was cool about using this company is we didn't have to do the research ourselves, yes. which is kind of nice. You know, like you you think about a place like the Amalfi Coast, where do you start? You know, like it, it's exactly that sort of question where there's so many options, so many cool things to do. How do you even start? And so towns even to stay exactly, in. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And how do you know? And so um, escape had and it's s cape s cape. Travel. Yeah. That's the, the name of the company. They have a luggage supported itinerary where you can hike. And, um, so this is very similar to the bike trips that you and I, Carly, have yep. done in the past because when we were on our
3: bike trips, the land-based one, yeah, the land, right. The
2: right. Not Croatia, but <laughs> yeah. When we were in Switzerland, for example, uh, we had luggage support. So you, put your luggage out at like 9am and then you leave on your bike and your, your luggage shows up at your hotel. So that's what luggage support means. When I say that is that we didn't have to carry our luggage all over with us. So, um, with this hiking itinerary, they set us up one night in Sorrento, which we didn't have to pick our hotels either. Um, I would say that if you are particular about where you stay, you could easily let them know your preferences. And if you want to stay—like, our, our hotels were three-star, I think, um, the whole way. And it was fine. Like, they were kind of basic. Mm-hmm. The first two were pretty basic. Um, they had, I mean, what we needed, but they were pretty basic. So if you like like luxury, I would let them know that you want to stay at a nicer place. Um, but they could totally do that for you. Like, they're they're going to set up everything. So we just let them know our dates, and they went from there and said, okay— Here's where you're going to stay. We said, cool. Uh-huh. And they sent us vouchers. It was pretty, it was so easy. Everything was just over um, email. They sent us PDF vouchers that showed the names of the hotels, the nights that were booked. Um, and of course, our names that were on them. And um, and then which days we had the actual luggage transfer because we only did that two days.
3: People transfer.
2: People transfer. We did the well, l- the same.
3: We did- Oh, yeah, because we, we really only yeah. had two
2: transfers because we stayed for the five nights. We did um, two two nights. We did first night in Sorrento. Yeah. And then we did two nights in this tiny town Marina that's like del, Marina del Cantone. Cantone. It's right. It's just like down the hill from Nerano. Yeah. And it's like way, way, way out at the tip of the peninsula. Yeah. We never, I didn't even know this place existed actually yeah. before. It's um, a, It's a blip. And it is way out there. It is out there. Um, but it was a gorgeous little, tiny little in village. Little bay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we actually spent two nights there. So for example, the night, the day in between, we didn't need luggage support. So, um, that's why we only actually moved our luggage twice. And they actually took us with them and yeah. dropped us off on both days that we yeah. did the luggage transfer. They took us as well and dropped us off at a trailhead and then took our luggage onto the next hotel, which was so cool. It was nice. It, it was really easy. Um, And then the last two nights we spent in Amalfi, the actual town of Amalfi. So, which is another just cute little village. They're all pretty small.
3: Another thing that maybe y'all didn't know. I thought the Amalfi Coast was like an area. And it is. But also there's a town called Amalfi, which I did not Mm, know.
2: mm Yeah. One of the towns called Amalfi. Um, So, we wanted to hike a lot. So, we decided. So, this was pretty cool. They have these hikes all sorted out and they give you access to an app where there I mean you follow like the blue dot right along the path you know
3: so it, it was really easy to follow and the there was also maps they also gave you paper maps if you wanted them. they did but this app was super easy mm-hmm.
2: yeah so there was plenty of um what material yeah like yeah material. um
3: Logistics
2: materials. Don't stuff. like
3: following your blue dot. There was a paper. I would say directions. you you wouldn't <laughs> be able to do it just with the paper directions. So they were hilarious. There was one that was like stand in, stand in front of the, with the church behind you and the pharmacy to your left. Go straight. <laughs> exactly. Look for house number ten on your left and go right through a gate.
2: <laughs> yeah. Ignore all the turns. Ignore all turns. Like, it was just funny, but yeah. So I definitely would recommend using the the nav. Uh, app. It was called Active Nav, I think. But yeah, and so our maps were, we could download them so we didn't have to have service, which was really nice. Um, And yeah, the first day Mm -hmm. we went, we took the car, like we drove in the transfer up the mountain from Sorrento, which, whoa. I mean, you think Sorrento's already high above the sea because it is. is.
3: It's on a giant cliff. And then
2: (laughs) you you just keep going up. up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um. We started in this little town called Santa Agata and walked, we ended up walking almost 10 miles that day. About 10 miles. (laughs) We're going to call it 10. Yeah, we're going
3: to call My app said 11 and your app said 9, so we're going to call it
2: 10. (laughs) Um, And we went way out to the very tip of the peninsula opposite the island of Capri, which was really gorgeous.
3: (laughs) They also gave you lots of options like, oh, if you turn off here, you can cut off this part. Like So if you're not wanting a 10 mile hike. There were ways to like short shortcut. Yeah. But yes, mm-hmm. shortcuts and but we didn't want the shortcuts. Didn't we didn't, we want the didn't get the
2: shortcuts. We no, for we sure did. We took didn't. the whole thing. Yeah. There was a couple cool things that happened that very first day though that yeah. are worth telling stories about. Um we saw a sign for free limoncello tasting, mm-hmm. which of course, we're like this is exactly why we're here. Yeah. Let's say yes. Who cares? It's 11 a.m. I know. (laughs) And we're kind of, we're standing by the sign like at the gate kind of wondering like should we go in? And this little nonna, this grandma, walks up and she just looks at us and she's like, come on. Like she waves her hand like, follow me basically. And so we follow Nona down to this door and, and she's ringing the bell and nobody's coming And She's like, I spit, I spit. like, you know, she's going to go find the guy and this guy comes around he's like, who's ringing? Let's go now. She's like, oh, I was, you know, like she, I was yeah. the one ringing. And so he goes in and opens up the store and she buys the thing she wants and leaves. And this other German couple, yeah. um, walks in. And so now there's of us so this guy does this whole limoncello tasting with um with us with their four how many did we try four different kinds of limoncello and we learned about this infusion that they make so I hope you guys know what limoncello is we're just talking about it like like they know it's a lemon
3: liqueur sweet lemon liqueur that they make with the lemon peel in fact if you've (laughs) seen under the— peel of the lemon (laughs) and they put it in the the (laughs) bottle <laughs>
2: yeah, uh, if you've seen Under the Tuscan Sun, you you know how <laughs> you know about as much about limoncello as we did before this. But um, yeah, they make what they call caffoncello, which is limoncello infused with coffee. Which sounds weird. It's so good. It's so good. It's better than limoncello itself, I think. It cuts so, the sweet. Yeah, which limoncello is really pretty sweet. sweet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it is from this area. Like, their Limoncello is huge in this area because it's like Lemonville. Um, And so, anyway, I really wanted to buy a bottle of this Caffoncello, but of course we're walking, right? We're like a few miles in and we knew we had a long day and I didn't want to carry, they only had one liter bottles and they're glass bottles. It's going to be really heavy. And so, this guy, um, shout out to Eddie (laughs) at Nastro Doro. Nastro Doro. Yeah, Limoncello. Uh he said, Well, where are you staying tonight? I can bring, you know, bring you a bottle. And um our town that we were staying in, our hotel was right down the hill. We just had a very, very long detour (laughs) ourselves on our trails (laughs) to get there. Um, and so he agreed to bring our bottle to our hotel. And and we said, Okay, great, like we'll leave cash at the front desk for you, whatever. Awesome. Thank you, cool, goodbye. We leave. Around the corner, yeah. we go to this little cafe, and this guy, Enrico, can't forget his name because he talked to everybody, and he told everybody his name. He was stopping he, people, yeah.
3: cars in the road, like, He's Hello, adorable. this
2: is my bar. He's adorable, <laughs> and he had striking blue eyes, like, he's probably in his 60s now, sure. and he found out we're from the States, and he's like, come with us, come, or come with me inside, because we're going to sit down at a table outside, and we're like, oh, what's happening? Okay, we need to go see something. He's going to show us something. Apparently, this guy was, like, world champion bartender. Yeah, like, like, seven
3: years in a row or yeah, something like in yeah.
2: New York and Denver yeah. and, I mean, in the States. And this guy is, like,
3: so obsessed with proud. the United States. He loves yeah.
2: Americans. He loves the United States. Like, he had all of these pictures from when he was young of, like, behind the bar as, like, this bar bartender. It was yeah. pretty cool. He was super proud. Um he was adorable, he was and he really fed cute. us panini and cappuccini, and that was yeah. yeah. We made friends. Yeah. <laughs> it, was great. it was great. And this is the kind of thing that you get when you walk through villages. Yeah. You don't get when you're in a car, although you might have still gotten Enrico. Because he stopped <laughs> he in every was car. stopping every car coming through,
3: like go over here for the best view. And oh, this yeah. is my son. Yes, yeah, so cute. It was really. cute.
2: It was just fun because he he said that he um you know they they had been closed for two years for COVID. And nobody was even allowed in, uh, like, Campania, which is the region. They didn't have any COVID. They just didn't have any. But they were still closed for it. And so I think he was just so happy to see people. And we're getting that sentiment from a lot of people around here. And it feels so good to be able to, honestly, walk through these towns, buy limoncello from this guy, buy cappuccino from this guy, you know, and, like, help these people. And we're tipping. We're we're tipping. We're tipping a lot right now, which I know we're not necessarily supposed to do that, but… We kind of have been tipping more than usual because it's that
3: People time of year. Yeah. It doesn't hurt the ex- us for mm-hmm. the extra two euro yeah. or whatever. And- so,
2: um, yeah. Anyway, those were super fun stories from well, the first day. Day one. Yeah, I know. Like the first few miles. And we ended up taking this trail all the way around the tip of the peninsula. Yeah,
3: It was gorgeous. It was gorgeous. Except for the last part. Yeah, it got... It got, okay, actually it went from gorgeous to gorge us. <laughs> went down a gorge. <laughs> it's a Little sketchy. Great um, down a gorge. Yeah, I would
2: say if you're going to hike on the Amalfi Coast, there are a couple things you should keep in mind. If you're afraid of heights, take that seriously. Mm-hmm. I am afraid of heights and uh it's it's okay. It's okay. There was just a couple there spots were a couple moments like, mm-hmm. um but yeah, consider that. And also... Poles. Um, poles. Oh, my gosh. If you can bring poles. Or bring poles. Rent poles. Or yeah. Or borrow poles. Uh, poles. Get
3: a stick. My God. We found, Carly, a <laughs> bamboo tree
2: <laughs> eventually that used as a stick. Um Yeah, because yeah, obviously we're not traveling with poles, but it yeah. is very... It's quite steep. It was very um, steep. Down. If you don't like steep, I would think twice about some of the trails that you do. Like the one we're telling you about right now. Um, actually, if you end up doing this, if any of you guys out there actually end up doing this with escape travel, consider modifying the hike on the
3: first day or all this one big long hike that goes out to the point and back. I would do everything about that hike again, except the The last part, last downhill. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The last part was, uh, yeah. Felt like we were one wrong step
2: and you're, you know, stepping right off of the mountain yeah. and tumbling all the way into the sea. So, yeah, yeah that was interesting. That was type two fun. Well, type two
3: fun That was a little type two fun. There. There. Type two
0: fun.
2: Um, only the last bit, though. And then we went down into Nerano and down into Maria del Cantone, which, by the way,
3: has two Michelin star restaurants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, by... I don't even know how we figured that out. We were looking at all the restaurants, because actually there are quite a few restaurants in our little tiny, tiny blip of a town. We were, I think, just looking at where to have dinner. Mm-hmm. And one of them, like, at the, you know, first review or whatever was talking about their Michelin star. Yeah. Like, wow. And neither of us had ever eaten at a Michelin star restaurant before. So we went. Yeah. Next door to our hotel mm-hmm. and got in on a Friday night. Right when they opened at 7.30, yeah.
2: because it's late October and no one was yeah. around. Yeah. And we were treated like queens. And we I had thought. a perfect experience. It was called Taverna del Capitano. Capitano. Yeah. Um, highly recommended. Everything about that meal was perfect. Yes. Service, the food, the, the course of, like, everything. Yeah. It, it was, was amazing. Definitely a highlight mm-hmm. for me. One of the reviews that we saw said that some people— <laughs> Chartered a private yacht from Positano yeah. just to come eat at that restaurant. When we saw that review, we were, we're like, "Oh, okay.
1: we have we're to go there!" Yeah, yep. like,
2: let's just do it. And it ended up costing 107 euros each. Each yeah. we split mm-hmm. it Which for like a bottle of wine and multiple courses. We didn't do the tasting menu. We ordered what we wanted off the menu, and uh, we
3: were not disappointed. Oh, it was delicious! It was so good, um, it was so good. Yeah,
2: that was just from looking at the Google map. I think yeah. looking for restaurants. Okay. Um, and then the next day it had us doing kind of a short hike and I did that one, um, which is just to the next bay. And we actually had already seen that view because we had been up all the way cliff. on the, yeah. uh, up higher than it, but it was, a it was nice. It was, it was well planned, I think, because it was a much easier hike. It was much shorter. It was only like four miles. Um, it? yeah. It took me like an hour to do, I, and I was kind of moving, but it felt really good to just like it was mostly flat. It was just relieving re- after the next after the First day before, day, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and then from mm-hmm. there we went to hike the Sentiero del Idé. Yes. Okay, so the this path is a thing, God, yeah, the path of the gods. This was actually my second time doing this hike. I did it a few years ago. And this is probably the most popular hike on the Amalfi Coast. If you look up hiking, you're going to find the Path of the Gods or the Sentiero del Idé, it's called. And, um, oh, wait. I forgot about—we didn't tell the end of the story about Eddie. Oh, So right. we arrived that day after the 10-mile hike of— well, and the last bit was really Rough. Dis- discouraging. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Rough. So we get to the hotel and our, our friend from the morning, from the caffoncello, had delivered a bottle and, yep. and gifted it to us. He, and we hadn't been
3: there to leave cash yet. We ha- yeah, we hadn't
2: arrived yet. So he left a note that said, a little gift. And he was complimenting me on my Italian, which was really sweet.
3: Especially because if you know Jackie, you know she loves to use her languages. So I think that was an extra compliment.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it was good. Felt good. Um, and he gave it to us for, which that, that was so sweet of him. Shout out to Eddie yeah. again. Eddie, Nostro Doro. Yeah. That was so sweet of him. Um, which we are still drinking. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> and, okay. So from Sentiero del So yeah. we, in order to do this hike, you got to take a bus generally up to a place called Bomerano. Uh, which is in Agerola. So if you are in Amalfi or Positano, you can get a bus up there. Um, we had one of our luggage transfers this day. And so we, which by the way, took an hour and a half. You wouldn't believe it if you looked at a map, but it took an hour and a half to get from Marina del Cantone, our tiny little town at the tip of the peninsula, up to Bomerano. Uh, so again, patience. You yes. just have to have patience. <laughs> um... But this sentiero del was, it's a five mile, it's about five miles and it takes two to three, it takes yeah two to three hours. Um, we actually saw quite a few people. Yeah.
3: It was a Sunday of a holiday weekend, but it was, yeah. I mean, I imagine, like you said, it's a pretty popular hike. Yeah. Um. Um, and, but it's gorgeous. It's very, very high up there. I show
2: seven uh, point seven two miles. Seven point seven two? Okay. So more than five miles. <laughs> um but this one though, it's extremely doable. I mean it's it's pretty easy compared yep. to the first day, our first like <laughs> Indiana Jones hike. That was pretty intense. This one you can definitely do. Uh it's much easier. There are some like big steps and there are some steep parts. And at the end, so you hike actually back. Backwards meaning you hike east to west. So we had traveled west to east to get there and we overpassed, we, we passed Positano and we oh. actually hiked back down to Positano. That's the, that's the direction you should go because you can also go from Positano up the Sentiero delide. Up, 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 up. Whoa. Up. We saw people going up and they did not look like they were happy. They looked like they were going the wrong way. So I definitely recommend, yeah, taking the bus to Bomerano and going that way first. But it's a gorgeous hike. It's lovely. And you see views of the entire coast and the cliffs
3: all the way. At some point, you feel like you're on the edge of the world because it's just ocean forever. It's cool. And there's like caves and goats.
2: <laughs> donkeys. <laughs> yeah, we saw goats. Yeah. It's uh so cool. re- ancient like brick like d- dwellings, dwellings in the cliffs. Yeah. Um there's a climbing area there. We saw climbers up there. It was pretty rad. And and then you hike down into Positano. And that is steps and steps and steps and steps for yeah, days
3: down and down and um, down and down and down.
2: Yeah. So, the reason I said five, because you can make it a five-mile or a seven-mile, and we opted to go the two extra miles to another town. Yes, that's right. So, I've done it both ways. Uh, The first time I did this hike, you get to a a point where you have an option to just take the stairs down to Positano, which, that sounds really easy. It's like thousands of (laughs) stairs, just steps all the way down and down and down and down, and it's really steep, and you're just hiking stairs for like an hour down your calves will feel it the next day um the other way was is the proper way it's like actually the ancient road and these the road that you're taking the 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 path of the gods used to connect the villages and so um it was a little sketchy even i thought
3: because Mm -hmm. it's like built into the cliffs yeah i mean it's steep in and around the little Mm -hmm. you know indents and yeah Inlets you of, still get your stairs on the real you way. You definitely do. You <laughs> there still get your was stairs. not no stairs on the real way because you still have to get down mm-hmm. from the hill into town, to the beach. Yeah. It's still some decent town. Mm-hmm.
2: And we did that all the way. We did that. We got gelato down in Positano. Um, right. I will say it out loud that there is a place down there called La Pergola. I think it was La Pergola. It has pizza. It's just pizza. It's so good. I had a, this was the last time I was there. We didn't do it this time because I wasn't hungry enough. Um, but it it's called La Pergola. It's right down on the beach and it has this white pizza with prosciutto. Bianca, pizza bianca con prosciutto, I think. It was so delicious. Anyway, I can recommend the pizza. We had gelato there. It was delicious. We actually sat on the beach and had a cappuccino while we waited for our ferry because from there we were staying in Amalfi, and so we we actually left Positano and went on to Amalfi that day by by
3: by boat ferry.
2: Yeah, by or boat. It was boat taxi. Yeah, boat taxi. Which was it great. was great. Um One thing about Positano, it it so I want to say this because Escape had us skipping Positano, basically. We went there only for the afternoon after the hike. They purposefully did not have us stay there. The reason is because it, it's kind of Disneylandish, it's like totally It's Disneyland. It's really touristy, but I, I really like it. It's also really charming. And I've stayed there before, and I loved staying there. So I, that's up to you. But um, we decided to go with the company's um, suggestion and go on to Amalfi. I really liked Amalfi, too, staying in Amalfi. Um... We stayed at a place called Hotel Lido Mare. Lido Mare. That was my favorite hotel of the whole trip. Um, We were in a really quiet little piazza right behind the main piazza. And so we didn't hear. Access
3: to everything, but you don't have to hear. Yeah, it It was great.
2: (laughs) It was great. Um, And Amalfi has a lot of restaurants and little passageways and shops and... I mean, everything you could want, and we stayed there for two nights. And um, it actually rained the next day, so we got so lucky with the weather because all the
3: big hikes, like all of the hikes we had, the, the sunshine, the, the walk, the path of the gods, it was supposed to rain that whole day, mm-hmm. and it didn't. Mm-hmm. And I'm very grateful.
2: <laughs> yeah, grateful. Me too. Um, yeah. And then from Amalfi, that was where our itinerary ended. And so we were, I mean, we were on our own for the transportation in and out of the Amalfi coast. And so from Amalfi, you can take a boat again. Um, You could take a boat all the way back to uh, Napoli if you want, or back to Sorrento. But I mean, by that time, you're way closer to Salerno. And so we took a bus. Um, The seas were high. So we did not take a boat, but you could also take a boat. It's like nine euros for the boat from Amalfi to Salerno. It was also nine euros for the boat from Positano to Amalfi. Mm-hmm. Um, the bus from Amalfi to Salerno took an hour 15. I think it goes about every hour, like every day. There are plenty of them. And it is an experience in itself. <laughs> yes. Sit on the window, on the, on on the, the right ocean side. side. On I the mean, right side, yeah. yeah, on the ocean side. It is an experience. You're driving along a cliff. I mean it's it's wild. it's wild it's worth it i
3: thought it was really
2: cool and um yeah and then from salerno we got a train to rome mm-hmm. and again we booked it on the spot it was super easy yeah. it's probably 30 euros to go back yep. way cheaper <laughs> yeah yeah um i let's talk about trains for a second because we had a little snafu <laughs> with trains so let's yes. share that yep and then the other thing, the, what I want to say is generally in Italy, if you can book in advance, your ticket will be cheaper. Uh, that's with Train Italia. That's what I have experience with. However, I don't think that's the case right now. I just don't think it is. And I wonder if it's because it's off season or because it's post COVID, mm. but I don't think that the prices changed when
3: we got there a day of. Okay. Um, I also think it's hard to pre book. Because Unless you know exactly but, but, the times. Sure, but it's hard to know exactly the times because you've got a, a, a taxi or a bus or a whatever or a train to your other train. I think that's why our snafu sort of happened is the timing. So tell us about this app that you know yes. of. I had never heard of this app before, yep. but it's a train app? It's a train app. It's called Omio, O-M-I-O. And it's sort of because, like, there's Italo trains and there's… uh Train Italia. Train Italia. There's all these different ones. And so, if you're on just theirs, you don't see all the time. So, this Omeo has… it's a, an aggregate of yeah. all the trains. It's kind of like Expedia. It is. Which so, is where we It went has wrong. worked well for me in the past. <laughs> it did not work well for us this time. Uh, because, apparently, in real time, they don't tell you, oh, there's a 45-minute delay. So we purchased tickets, and then immediately upon getting the ticket, they were like, oh, there's a 45-minute delay. It's like, well, we wouldn't have paid for the pricey one because we were trying to get the right time. And Yeah. yeah so.
2: so we ended up going to one of the ticket uh, yeah. kiosks mm-hmm. and, and just booking another ticket and canceling these ones. Yeah. But because it had a cancellation fee, so it ended it up costing—it wasn't that much, but we we were still out like a little bit of money from yeah. that. So, um, just a word of warning. Yep. Uh, it might be cool to see, to be able to just see.
0: Yeah.
3: Use it to see
2: your yeah. timetable. Use it to see yep. your timetable. To, and see, then every, to see everything at once. Yep, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then book when you get there. And just be aware, when you're in Italy at least, you have to either buy your Train Italia tickets from the Train Italia kiosk or your Italo tickets from the Italo kiosk, which that might sound like obvious, mm. but it, it might not obvious because there there are different companies that sell the different train tickets so um but apparently i did do a little research and they said there's not much of a difference between the two trains it's not like one is better than the other it's just gonna come down to your preferences yeah timing really timing was the yeah Uh and the speed of the train and also i will say definitely pay attention to the speed of the train because the regional trains in italy are so annoying Uh, because they They just stop a lot so much and if you i mean you pay more for the fast ones obviously but that you get there so much faster. Yep. So, which I mean, kind of goes without saying, but it's worth it sometimes. So, yes. um, yeah, so here we are in Rome. And we walked 10 miles today around this gorgeous city yeah. that I haven't been to for a while. Rome in the oh, rain oh is still
3: freaking Rome, guys.
2: Yeah, it's amazing. It's so good. So, um,
3: but yeah, anything else you want to add about the Amalfi Coast? I think you should just go. People there were really nice. Everyone has just been really lovely. And I don't know if that's an Italian thing or a post-COVID thing or what, but mm-hmm. I mean, people were really <laughs> very, very, very nice. And happy
2: to see us, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. And it felt really good. It felt really good to be able to support people in these tiny towns that just haven't seen tourism in so long and I felt like we made a difference mm-hmm. for a lot of they people. They were legitimately happy to see us. Yeah. Yeah. It was really cool. So here's to traveling right now yeah. and always. And always. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, like I said, I'll put the links to uh, the itinerary that we did in the show notes. And um, you guys can check out. The Actually, Escape Travel, just to mention, they have itineraries all over Europe. And so if this is, if like luggage-supported walking holidays or something that interests you, you could definitely check them out. Because what I like about it is, if you have an idea in mind, like I was even looking at Sicily for us for this week. You know, like, I haven't been there. What do they have there? And they just have itineraries. And so… They've done the work for you already. And that's the nice part is as long as you trust that like someone has gone before you and done the work and, and you can say, yeah, three-star hotels, that's good with me. Like, let's go see what we can discover in these little places. Like that's kind of what it's about. Um, and that's the same with bike tours. You know, these these itineraries are already laid out and they're customizable. So if you want to customize them, you can, you just talk to a person. I mean, these companies are backed by real people. Like there's actual people who <laughs> answer your emails and stuff. And so, um, and they live here, they're locals. They are Italians. They are Spaniards, like when, when you know, yeah. in the country that you're in. And so, um, yeah, I definitely recommend that you guys check them out. I'll put the link in the show notes. So Carly, thank you for
3: helping me. Please, uh, <laughs> happy to help, happy to be here, you know. <laughs> happy to chat with people again. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see
2: you guys next time. Thank you for listening. Ciao. Ciao.
1: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T dot Corient.com.
0: You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator